All right. All right, go. <laughs> Do the whole thing. <laughs> Action. <laughs> Action. Cut. Action. Cut. All right, good. <laughs> How are you doing, Marilyn? I'm good. How are you, Brian? Mm, I feel pretty good now. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Mm-hmm. So you... here we are again. What were you going to say? Something? Is the yeah, I was going to say, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey. What's up? Hey. We're, we're here again, and uh, we're going to talk about reincarnation and karma. Yes, we are. So let me ask you, um, I like to, you know, you know, a big like table of contents guy, right? Yes, you are. Yeah, because I like to me prepare too. my- yeah. I do that too. You'll see in most of my books, I do yeah. extensive tables of contents. I like that. <laughs> and I like that you do that before each chapter. So you mm -hmm. kind of prepare the listening. And then for me, there's things that I'm interested in from that table of contents. So I'm like, oh, okay, I get to listen to that. So then I'm like ready and prepared to dive in. And then when I'm in the listening, I soak things in more. As opposed yeah. to like, what's this about? What's going to happen? Oh, what's she going to talk about next? I better, what's up when I eat for lunch? You know? <laughs> but when we prepare ourselves and, you know, this, I think for me anyways, then I'm more in, interested, intrigued, prepared, and ready to go yeah for sure now before i uh, read a little table of contents i was wondering if you can tell us what reincarnation is i think a lot of people get confused by it because they complicate it more in their brains you know they get caught up in a lot of different theologies of reincarnation but i think what i would like to do is just simply state it from the simplicity of how it's been shown to me and and when I say the simplicity of it, that almost simplifies it too much <laughs> because literally I'm talking about how it's been shown to me through literally thousands and thousands of experiences over the years. So it wasn't shown to me in just like one or two experiences. It was shown to me over years and years and years and years, decades, literally. But when you take that body of information that I was shown and you look at it with the hindsight, there is some simplified ways to understand it where you can break down the theologies that people get caught up in. So first of all, people get caught up in things like, oh, are we going to come back as animals? And what about, you know, they all, they have all these funny little ideas, which are often based on misunderstandings of Eastern theologies. A lot of times, too, these questions that are based on Eastern theologies are not even necessarily accurate understandings of the Eastern belief system. But rather than go into all the different beliefs about reincarnation around the world, let's just focus on how it's been revealed to me. And that'll simplify it quite a bit for our viewers. So, And, and then as you go on about this also, why it's, uh, why it's important? Right. So, you know, so reincarnation in terms of what is it, it's, you know, it's the, the fact that we don't live just one life here on earth and in other planets, in other realms. 
you know, so uh, not just here, but in other planets and in other realms. So we have different incarnational existences on this world, sometimes on other worlds, and sometimes in other realms. That would be other realms in the mystical spheres. So we can go through incarnational existences as well in other spheres. I'm going to leave that at that right now, just because that can become a whole body of talk of its own. So we don't just have, you know, the, the knowledge that we gain is not just based on this one lifetime. Reincarnation is the fact that we go back and we have lived many lifetimes. So there's a body of knowledge that our soul encompasses that we are here to bring together into one cohesive understanding that we can bring to a higher understanding, a higher thrust, a higher purification. What does that mean? A higher purification of this knowledge of these many lifetimes. If we're coming back again and again and again, it's usually an indication that we're coming back because there are misunderstandings within our soul regarding the nature of eternal love, the nature of eternal mission, the nature of our eternal purpose. And this, this can come and manifest in a variety of different ways, but we'll leave it at that for this moment, right? So people will continue to come back and replay out different scenarios with the same souls or with other souls, but it's the same habitual patterns of behavior because these behavior patterns are based on a truly embedded belief system they have within themselves about the nature of love, the nature of what their purpose in this earth realm is, what they are doing here. And so they end up just circling, literally circling is how it's kind of shown to you energetically in the mystical spheres and literally what you are doing, where you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. You're just coming in different lifetimes you have a different scenario, you have a different culture, you have a different family, you may have some of the same souls around you, but you will do kind of the same pattern over and over again. Reincarnation is this continuing process of going through the same thing over and over again with the same souls, sometimes with other souls, because we do things with a lot of different souls. And then it's because of things that we are not getting, things we are not understanding spiritually that we need to understand in order to graduate from this realm. Why is it important then? Well, if we do not become aware of these habitual patterns within our soul construct, then we are less likely to stop this circling. We're less likely to identify the habitual pattern that is holding us back from the union with God, which is the actual, you know, goal of each individual soul. And so, you know, that's the simplified version, you know, but mm -hmm. in order to take that next evolutionary step, which would get us out of this mortal field of activity on the third and fourth realms, the mortal realms, we would have to recognize what it is that we're doing that's holding us here. 
And so the importance of the reincarnation is not because, oh, how interesting is this? I might have been this person or that person. It's actually completely related to the importance of identifying why am I stuck here? Why am I not able to break through the habitual pattern and actually ascend to the next level of instruction in the spiritual spheres? And so you have people, your clients, basically all of your clients, as like, I don't want to come back here. <laughs> in our last movie on spiritual warfare, Angels and Demons, you talked about how just to a person, everyone said like, I, you know, I, I don't want to come back here again. I don't want to reincarnate, you know? So let's talk a little bit about, and really what it is, is just us stopping in our evolution, stopping in the expansion of our consciousness, being stuck in patterns, being stuck with habitual things that don't serve our higher purpose and our soul and our yeah. ultimate meaning and mission for our lives. And it can be just little things too. Yes. Totally stop us. Well, there are usually, there's usually like primary karmic issues that are holding people. And then there's a lot of secondary ones, things that people don't see. So yes, absolutely. There are uh, primary things and it's going to be something like one of the major or the primary vices, you know, one of the seven deadly sins like lust or greed or power, control, something along, you know, the, the lines of the capital sins. And then you're going to have the offshoots. And so it's going to be the more subtle things that people are attached to in this world that they are going to have a harder time identifying. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit, because the title of the book that we are going over is Reincarnation and Karma. So let's talk a little bit about what karma is and maybe how we can rectify that. Well, karma can be easily attributable to the Christian path as sin. It's funny because it goes, it goes back and forth because karma is, you know, action. Sin is, is action, but these are actions that cause negative responses in the vibratory fields. So karma is something that creates negative reactions in the vibratory field. And so is sin. You know, these are things that are negative karmas, negative sins. So that's why you have, you have your vices, which are, you know, the roots of both karma and sin, but you also have your virtues, which are the roots of the purification pathway, which is how a soul actually goes through the process of changing and altering that path. And one thing that I think is fascinating that a lot of people really I think don't realize, but would be very intrigued to see is just how much this purification pathway is at the heart and core of every religious path. It's not something new that I came up with. And the more I study these sacred texts and things, the more I realize it's at the heart of ancient yoga teachings. It's at the heart of ancient Judaism. It's the heart of Christianity, mystical theology. If you look at any of these major religious paths, and again, we go back to the understanding that out-of-body travel, mystical experience was really the heart of how most major religions were born. Somebody had this great grand out-of-body experience that was the foundation for the creation of 
each of these great religions. Mm -hmm. And if you actually understand what the practices are, they are all about purification of the soul. There's no coincidence there because these are all coming from God. They're coming from the heavens. They've all been dropped to earth in different places on the earth for mm -hmm. this very purpose, because our purpose here is all the same. You know, if we are born here on earth, it's because we are here to rectify our karma, to rectify those aspects of our soul, which are in conflict with the all holy God. And this, when I say that, I, I can see, you know, I can imagine some people hearing that and, you know, getting that negative reaction to it, rather than understanding what that means. It's like the um, it's like how a magnet, you know, if you have the magnet on the wrong side and two magnets trying to touch each other and they repel one another, it's not this nasty negative thing that people think of when, they, oh, you know, religion this and religion that and, uh, you know, they don't accept people and it's not that. Mm -hmm. It's that there is a natural attraction or aversion to energy that is part of just the natural interplay in the universe. Mm -hmm. And so if our goal personally is that we love God and we want to move closer to God, then we have to become more like him. And so then we become where we have to remove those things that make us less compatible to that. That's how we move closer to him. It's not because we're rejected. It's not because there's this negativity associated with it. It's actually because there is this understanding that the nature of energy is such that you move towards that which you become compatible to. And so in order to become more compatible to that all holy God, we have to start recognizing those aspects within our souls that are darker, that are more gray, more shaded. And these are the karmic elements that hold us to the ground. And these things, once we start recognizing them and liberating ourselves from them, we literally make it possible for our souls to literally fly we make ourselves more compatible to that movement towards that goal. This is how the great masters of all those faiths found their way towards God. And just to be clear, for, the, for those who did not believe in reincarnation, it was a similar process. They just focused on the purification of the soul in this one incarnation. I mean, not to jump ahead too much, because we're going to basically be going deep into what you were just talking about. Later on in this work that we're going over on reincarnation and karma, you spoke about yourself as a soul that was in the grips of vice. And you were aware of what the vice was, but you couldn't stop doing it. And you thought that you were pitiful or that you were beyond recourse or you were just destined to keep doing that. And so I think often because we're all the same way like that and we keep repeating this same thing these same things that we know are not good for us and we're really 
judgmental towards ourselves. We have this inner critic that criticizes ourselves that's very closely related to this outer judger where we judge other things. Or we're afraid of being judged by others. We're afraid of being judged by God because of our proclivities of sins that we all have as a prerequisite to be here on this planet. We all have it. We all have this vice grip of vices. And so sometimes you just prefaced a moment ago that some people, they hear about this purification process and they're like, oh man, like I don't want to start on this. And I think part of it is like, we're afraid of, we're fearful of being judged for what we have and what our sins are. When God is just like infinite, ultimate, absolute consciousness, eternal consciousness and knowing, there's a knowingness of every thought, thoughts that we have, we don't, we aren't aware of, unconscious thoughts, impulses, things going on. God knows everything that's going on already and knows our feelings about it and our fears about it. So there's nothing that we're hiding. It's all revealed. And so part of this reincarnation process and part of letting go of this karma is to let go of all of the energy that we've had about it because of our sin and just go like, yeah, you know what? I got it too. And man, I really have a hard time letting go of this. And I could really use some help to stop this karmic thrust within me that I, I can't seem to shake. It is said that the just man falls seven times a day. So if a just man falls seven times a day, and remember, St. Joseph was called the just man. And so we know that St. Joseph was considered this great holy saint, and he appeared with the Blessed Mother at Fatima with St. Michael. We know that St. Joseph is considered one of the holiest of saints. So St. Joseph was a just man. So if, if the just man falls seven times a day, we should not be surprised that we probably fall a lot more, right? <laughs> yeah. So we also know that God created us to be fallible, imperfect human beings. So he created us this way, knowing we would be. Mm-hmm. So none of, none of these issues or facts are any surprise to him. He knew we were going to be fallible. He knew we were going to be, he knew we were going to be flawed human beings because he actually created us to be so. So we understand this. We also know from the, from, well, there's a lot of revelations that tell us this, but I'll focus on the divine mercy revelation in the 1930s with St. Faustina Kowalska. We also know from this one divine mercy revelation that Jesus said that his soul clamors and is clamoring to have his divine mercy spent and poured out upon all souls. Mm -hmm. So we know that God does not desire the judgment of us as imperfect human beings. He desires and clamors to throw out his mercies upon us. He also said in the same revelation that every soul, before they will go through the doors of judgment, They will be offered to go through the doors of my mercy first. And only souls who refuse to go through the doors of my mercy will go through the doors of judgment. And so we do it to ourselves. 
We absolutely do. And I completely agree that we all feel this way. Every person I've ever spoken to feels that no one is worse than them. We all share this same self-condemnation and I share it too. I do it as myself. It's an interesting human thing that we do. It's like, a, it's like a block of shame and guilt that keeps us from feeling that divine mercy. It is a block and, and it is a real fetter. You know, in Buddhism, they would call it a fetter, a hindrance, because it prevents us from actually moving forward. So I want to give a little bit of a, a pictorial thing that I'd like people to imagine here. I'd like you to imagine your soul, where you stand now in terms of your spiritual development, where you stand now. And when we are too ashamed, let's say we're turning our heads away, we turn our face away from the corrections that come because we are either too ashamed or we our pride intervenes and we're like, no, that's not true about me, whatever, either one, then I want you to think 10 years into the future, 20 years into the future, where do you stand then? You stand in this same place. But when we allow this all merciful, all loving God, who is a parental figure, who is the ultimate master guru, teacher, Messiah guide, when we allow him to make these little corrections, our soul moves forward. We take a step each time. So we receive a correction. We are shown we need to work on our patience. We're not patient enough. Mm -hmm. Or we're shown that we are judgmental of other human beings. We need to look at this. And, and it's hard to hear it the first time we hear it, or it's shown to us in a dream or an out-of-body experience, or it's given to us through another means. Someone says something to us that hits us in the heart, and we know that it's somehow being given as a correction from God. So what happens then if despite those momentary pangs of guilt, pain, and difficulty, you hear the message and you respond to it. Mm -hmm. Then where are you at in 20 years? Your soul moves and it's moving closer to the all holy God. And in 10 or 20 years, you've become a new man over here. Mm -hmm. And so the benefit of being receptive to those corrections, despite the fact that it is difficult and painful to hear is so much more important and so much more valuable than sparing our ego, our pride in that moment, because we are holding so tightly to our personality construct where we've begun here at the beginning, which mm -hmm. is exactly why we are here. And you wanna go back to what is karma? It is us holding so tightly to our personality construct, which contains everything we believe to be true and everything we believe to be true about ourselves, others, the world, everything around us. And much of it is false because every single one of us is here because we carry much falsehood within us. Mm -hmm. And so we keep coming back because we don't want to let that go 
It's like we've incarnated this falsehood that we are so attached to, don't want to let it go no matter what, because it hurts mm -hmm. so much to let it go. Even though there's this huge part of us that desperately wants to move closer to God, there's another part of us that is so afraid to feel the pain of realizing we are wrong about things and that we have to reevaluate and we have to go through these things one at a time because becoming a new man, which is something that Christ spoke of in the New Testament and it was spoken of by the Christian, but it's also literally the essence of all religious paths and all of the mystical paths of rejuvenation. The purification path is becoming a new man. Becoming the new man is not a symbol. It is a real thing. And so you literally must change and alter and transform. And that transformation, that's what leads to all these other things that we've talked about, like the initiations and the mysteries, the rites of passage, the ascension, all these things, they come about. These are energetic processes which come about as a result of becoming a new man. And how do we become the new man? It's each individual small step, which is instigated by this willingness. I'm touching my third eye because it's that willingness to take in through the third eye, this other way of seeing that is different from what you've held on to for literally centuries, sometimes thousands of years that has held you fast to the ground and made it impossible for you to move forward from the third and fourth realm, which is the mortal physical realm of reincarnation and karma and has kept you in this mindset. And so it's a combination platter really, because there's two elements. The one is this literal thing of I'm terrible. I, I feel like I'm, I'm the worst person on the planet. And everybody shares this. But there's also the other side of it, which is the pride, which is the ego, which does not want to let go of the untruth, the falsehood, and the things that the soul is doing that are incorrect, that are not the correct way to proceed forward. And you can have a soul who is very, very sincere, but does not want to let go of their way of doing it. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. It's going to be done this way. And then you can literally cut it off, cut it off because you're not receiving the direction from God, the direction from above, from those who would show you exactly how it actually must be done. And so you stand still. That's karma. You stay there and then you circle and you circle and you circle until you receive the correction and step out of the falsehood again. And you move forward one more step and again and again and again and again. And this is what energizes 
and causes that combustion in the soul into the initiations. You see? I was very fortunate that I met with this consciousness teacher who happens to be an acting teacher as well. I've mentioned him to you and he's been teaching consciousness for like 60 years. But what we did was he would put somebody up on stage and they just get to a place where they're doing no more or less than exactly how they feel in the moment. And then from there, just gradually get into whatever issues is going on with that person in their life. And so the whole thing was to dive into those issues and to heal or rectify. But ultimately, it was about gaining consciousness so that we continue to expand our consciousness, our awareness, our evolution. And so I was very much like, oh, I'm the worst and I got every issue in the world. And so every person that got up there, I'd be like, I got that issue. That's for sure. I could just identify with everything. So there was this great bookstore. So whatever it was, it's like, oh man, I got, I got a lot of judgment. So I would just go and I picked up this book on inner critic. And so I'd dive into it and I'd read it over and over and underline it. And then every time somebody got up there, it's like, I had that issue, that issue, that issue. It's like I had every issue. So I ended up like, I read like 1500 books on, you know, I guess you can call it self-help, which I guess the opposite is like, somebody else helps you like, can you help me please? But you know, we can help ourselves by just, I did, I did a lot of writing, you know, have you ever done any writing, Marilyn? You should try it. No, never. no, never. No, but I would do like a different kind of writing where I would just like journal, I guess you would call it. And I just like, well, how do I feel? What's going on with me? And through looking inside myself and what's really going on with me internally and then seeing it outwardly with other people and then reading about it from people who would dedicate their whole lives to certain issues psychologically that we have on this planet, I started to gain consciousness in different areas. So I think part of the thing is that we see something that we don't, when we're judging people, basically it's some aspect of ourselves that we're judging because we're, we're everything. You know, if we look at Carl Jung and his work on the archetypes that Dr. Helen Cedra Stone called subpersonalities, is we have every kind of energy within us. It's just this. The murderer, just like all of our lifetimes that we've had. We've had lifetimes in every culture. Uh, we've been rich, poor, gender. I mean, you name it. We've been it all, right? It's the same with uh, the different archetypes that we have within us. It's all there. It's just that we identify with only a few of these archetypes. And that's our personality. And that's who we think we are. When we're this whole big cornucopia of all the energies, right? And so, but so we don't go too much further before we jump in because otherwise it's going to be like a 